morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Clarion Call broadcast. I'm your host, Mr. Jonathan Simmons. And we thank God for those of you who are joining us here live on the broadcast on multiple platforms. We're back here again on WIGO AM 1570. We're also on Facebook Live and YouTube Live as well. We thank God for those of you who have decided to, again, pick us up and join us here on this morning. For those of you watching us on the computer, we're going to ask you to please reboot or go ahead and uh, refresh your page because sometimes our page loads up a little bit slowly. So, again, we're going to ask you to refresh your page and hopefully you'll see us broadcasting to you right here and right now. So, again, those of you watching on your computer, if you don't see me, refresh your page and you should see me broadcasting to you live and clear. Let me give you a little information about who I am. I'm considered the word ministries.org. Wax, I'm Minister Jonathan Simmons, but you can find my website, considerthewordministries.org. You also can follow me anywhere on social media at Minister J. Sim. Now, hang on a second. That's Minister, the letter J, them S-I-M-M. -M. You can send me an email to helpchurches at gmail.com. You can hit me up on our virtual office number, 678-304-8121, and you will find us broadcasting to you right there. And also, if you need to reach me, no worries, no problem, boys and girls. If that does not work, I'm going to go out here and I'll say put myself on the limb because it is a public number, but you can hit me up 678-410-9833 if you really need to speak to me on an urgent basis. And like I said, again, I'll be more than happy to pray with you or talk with you, whatever you prefer. Anyway, the Lord will allow me to help you. I am very, very excited and willing to do so. So again, thank you so much for joining us here on this broadcast at Clarion Call. Actually, the show actually has its own page also as well. If I can speak English, the Clarion Call show page, you can find us there. You can find us on Twitter and on Instagram as well. I try to post, uh, at least on a regular basis, some type of inspirational mini scripture video. It's about 15 seconds. Hopefully it'll give you some encouragement of the day. We basically, what we do is we take a video of whatever the scripture of the day is that you find on uversion or bible.com. And then, you know, you can, you see my little video and hopefully give you some inspiration for the day. Well, you know, we always start each and every ministry broadcast the same way with uh, the scripture from Psalms 118.24. And I'll put it on the screen for those of you who are watching. It is simply, this is the day that the Lord hath made and we will be glad and rejoice in it. And and I tell you, the reason why I do this is because it is in fact a, um, it is in fact a um, something of the will that you have to um, really make yourself say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and and really have a mindset of thinking positive. Now, I don't, I don't mean just thinking positive in terms of like, you know, Norman Vincent Peale and the, the, the late, great uh, Robert Schuller and all these types of people and many people even today. But it is a situation where what I found is that I'm getting older and um, really begin to put life into practice. Because, you know, sometimes it's a, it's something when we can preach and teach something. It's another thing when you put it into practice. Now, I know Allen Iverson, for those of you sports fans like me, said practice. Man, we talk about practice. Yes, we're talking about practice. And what are we practicing? We're practicing a the old statement, an attitude of gratitude. And it hit me today when I was doing my walk. Um, I was out and about. And I really was overcome as the spirit began to move on me as I thought about all the things that God has done for me, all the things he's delivered me from, all the things that he has, um, you know, done for me and through me. And I just thank God um, that he has had mercy upon me. You know, for those of you who don't know my story, in 2017, I thought I just had a little problem with, with the old backup of the pipes, a little constipation. And... Uh, 
it turned into something a lot worse than that. Over the next couple of days, my stomach actually, you know, got distended. My daughter said, Dad, we're going to have to go to the hospital and see what the heck is wrong with you. And I get there and they say, sir, um, I actually had to go there twice. And the second time they said, sir, we've done a full examination and we're going to call for the surgeon. Not about you, but anytime you go to the hospital, you know, thinking that you got a, you know, somewhat mild problem and they tell you, oh, hey, we're going to call a surgeon. That's a little scary. Well, the surgeon came out and he explained to me, he said, sir, you have a rare disease called volvulus. He said, unfortunately, you were born with too much intestine. And he said, we got two things that we're going to do. He said, number one, we're going to do an emergency colonoscopy and try to unkink you. And hopefully the gunk will come out. He said, yeah, I'll have it in there. He didn't say that, but what they showed me, I did. He said, well, that doesn't work. He said, then we're going to have to actually do some surgery. And he said, surgery will be this. We'll cut off the excess colon that you have. And he said, we're going to unpipe you. He said, because we have to shear it off. And he said, while we unpipe you from your backside, we're going to run a porthole out of the side of your, your side here, your stomach. And you're going to do your number two out of that into a little bag called a colostomy bag. And good luck, we'll see you back in another six to nine months. How's that sound? And I was like, uh, mm. <laughs> doesn't sound good at all. But he said, okay, well, here's the options. If we if we don't do anything to you at all, he says, um, you know, you could start to leak. He said, because this all this pressure at some point is going to create a little hole. It's going to start to leak. And he said, you're going to be really, really sick. He said, or something more draconic can happen. He said, actually, that leak could turn into a bubble that'll pop and it'll burst. And he said, all that gunk will go all through your body. He said, you'll have what they call septic poisoning. He said, then we probably have about 10 or 15 minutes to get you in the hospital, in the surgery to save your life. And he said, oh, by the way, if that happens, he said, even if we do save your life, that little bag I was telling you about is going to be permanently on your body. He said, so think it over for a little bit and let me know what you think. A little bit was like a minute or two. <laughs> and I had to think, what am I going to do? I couldn't really do anything. I just said, I'm going to take option A instead of option B. And they did the surgery. I was in tremendous pain after the surgery. I was in the hospital 14 days, excuse me, 13 days. They originally told me it was going to be four to five days. And throughout the process, the doctor would come in my room because my system didn't restart. And he says, hey, uh, I'm concerned and not worried. And he kept telling me, hey, if this doesn't, your system doesn't go back online, we're going to have to go back in there again. Scary stuff. But what I found out was that the Lord is a, a God who answers prayers. Not only did he heal me, but he did something else. One of the things I asked God to do, and this is kind of where the theme of the message is, is I asked God to help me not be a spiritual punk. Now, you're probably thinking, what on earth do you mean by that? What I meant was I used to tell people, before I went through this, especially, and even afterwards, I said, look, if the preacher, the man who is the man of God, if the man of faith, if when he has a problem, he's willing to tap out and run somewhere and hide and scream and cry, which I did do some crime, and, you know, cursing everybody and their brother for, oh, is me, woe is me, look what happened to me, and can't go through this through faith, believing that God is in the middle of this, no matter how bad it is, then there's a problem. Here's the problem, because we can't teach and preach this or, or, or read this. When I talk about this, this word of God, the Bible, and then not apply it to our lives. It, we can't be, we're doing these things or reading these things and then not doing them. Because the Bible even said, James says, he says, be ye doers of the word and not just hearers only. Because first of all, you're deceiving your own self. And second of all, you're creating a bad witness for the people that you're around. And I would say here today to believers, and I'm not trying to, listen, when I come on here and talk to you, anything that I'm telling you, the Lord is telling me first. And so what I'm what I'm saying in this, in this dispensation of time that we're in, 
we really got to be careful as believers that we don't become spiritual punks. And what I mean by that is, is that today in this world, like it seems like nobody can't take anything. Nobody can't take criticism. Nobody can't take if anything happens to them that, you know, is, is not just picture perfect. It, it just is like, look, <laughs> the Bible says, and I think it's Ecclesiastes, Solomon, the wise man says, look, life and happen chance happen to all men. So in other words, what I'm saying to you, if you're a believer right now, and I'm sure a lot of you listening are believers, just because you're a believer, that doesn't mean that something's not going to jump off in your life. I remember many years ago, the late Robert Shuler wrote, uh, when good thing, when bad things happen to good people. And what he really meant by that is that, you know, the people of God, sometimes we're misled into thinking that somehow that once we're a believer, that everything's going to be smooth and happy. And if we say our prayers and believe God, that everything's going to be smooth and nothing's going to happen to us. Or not only that, but that because we're his children, we shouldn't have to go through no drama. That's wrong. Uh, matter of fact, in scripture, Maria Hashuamashiach, who I like to call very affectionately the template, uh, in nowhere does he tell us that in scripture. Nowhere. Not found nowhere. It's not found anywhere. Matter of fact, if you find it, let me know. Because the old preacher could use some help. Everything I read from Yahshua Mashiach, when he's talking to the disciples, even about blessings, he talks to them about the idea of that the blessing is going to come in the midst of suffering and difficulties. The disciples were asked Jesus at a point in time, they said, Hey, you know, we gave up everything to follow you. And Jesus replied to them, and I am not quoting scripture to the nth degree. Please forgive me, but I'm I just want to get this, this point out. He told them, he said, any of you who've given up houses, lands, family, anything for my sake, the sake of the kingdom, it'll be returned to him 10, 60, even 100 fold. Houses, land, and people, whatever you got. And he, the caveat, with persecution. So what he even told the disciples back then is that, you know, even when we are blessed, the blessing is going to come oftentimes in either in the middle of what we're going through, or in fact, there will be additional suffering that we'll go through even though we're being blessed. The other thing that Yahshua Mashiach said, he said, blessed or happy when you, when people persecute you, when people, I'm again, paraphrasing, I'll get the scripture for you in a minute, slander you, say all kinds of bad things about you. He said, because guess what? You now, my friend, ding, 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 have won the prize. You are now on the same equivalent as the prophets who came before you. Because how many people know that back in the day, especially in the Old Testament, the prophets, the men and women of God were not, <laughs> they were not necessarily the folks that everybody was excited to see when they came to town. As a matter of fact, there's a section in the scripture that mentions that when one of the prophets was coming to town, the town fathers came out to them and said, hey, do you come in peace? Because unlike today, <laughs> where everything is good news, I'm okay, you're okay. Prophets back then explained to people, hey, you're out of order. You're doing something wrong. If you keep on this path, the Lord is going to wreck your life. But good news, I don't care how far down the path you've gone the wrong way. If you stop right now and come back to God, he'll forgive you. And not only will forgive you, but he will store all the stuff that you lost because we're acting a fool. But today, we, we don't really talk about that. And I'm, I'm guilty. We have become a bunch of enablers. <laughs> we do. We do in church. We enablers. Nobody want, nobody's wrong. Everything's okay. You know, you can do what you want. You can say what you want. <laughs> you can act up uh, as long as you basically, and I'm going 
um, according to the term that my my good brother Pastor Song where he used to come on WIGO 1570 and uh, he used to do a show called Song Edward in Your Ear. And he had a skit where the, the leading contender in that skit was uh, Deacon Rivers. And the whole thing about Deacon Rivers was his tagline was put the money in the pan. And that's kind of what we've done in today's churches. We, we're more concerned if you put the money in the pan versus are you growing in grace? Are you being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ? We're, we're not, we're, we're, we're almost like we're afraid. We're not talking about the Lord says that my return is soon. And he said, how are you going to know? Is look at the sign of the times. And he listed them. And many of the signs that were listed, you and I have seen them over the last, if you're like me, 40, 50 years, or if you're younger than me, 20 or 30 years, you've seen them. Because he said, what are they? He said, there are wars and rumors of wars. Isn't there a war going on in Ukraine? Aren't the Chinese uh, National Army right now ramping up? Aren't the Taiwanese ramping up their forces? Okay. Don't we see throughout Africa, it's a never-ending war. Every time we turn around in Africa, and by the way, it's black people fighting black people. So just, just want to say that. There's wars everywhere. All the time. He said earthquake, famine in diverse places. Are we not seeing that? Are we not seeing earthquakes? And 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 how about the fires in, 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 in California? Then we have some flash floods, I believe, right in the metro DC area. This is going on all the time, but here's the thing, they're happening more and more and more with more and more frequency. What is that telling you? That's, that's what the, the Lord said would happen. He said there would be false prophets. <laughs> We've seen that in abundance. Have we not? So if the Lord warned us that all these things are about the, the our warnings that his return is imminent, why then on earth are we spending 80 and 90% of our church time and church preaching time talking about basically two things, money, how to get money. The Lord's going to bless you tomorrow. He's going to bless you today. And he's out to bless you, but it's all about, you know, the Lord's going to bless your business and, you know, you're going to be on a come up and all this stuff that's all about you being uh, elevated. And don't get me wrong. There's elevation and promotion in God. I don't anyway, take away from that. And there's no harm in making all the money you can legally <laughs> in the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. I'm not taking away from that. But we spend so much time on that. So much time. Do we spend time? First of all, how many of you, and even me as the preacher, I have fallen slack on this. Just read your Bible on a regular basis. You know what I'm saying? Reading it. Just try to read. Like, how many of you even say, you know what, here's what I'm going to do today. I'll make sure I'm going to read uh, at least one or two chapters. Some of us barely get verse of the day. Thank God for, for you version of Bible.com. Or else we can get no word. But see, what we don't understand is, is that as believers, we can't keep rolling like we've been rolling. We can't just kind of keep doing stuff the way we've been doing all willy-nilly and just hope that, you know, or believe that everything's going to just keep on being all right. We are in a period of time, folks, we got to get a little bit more serious about what we believe who we believe in, and what we stand for. <laughs> because right now, there's a lot of foolishness out in the atmosphere. This just is. I'm not trying to throw shit at anybody. I'm not trying to lambast anybody because it is, in fact, you all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I can tell you right now, if I gave you a laundry list of some of the stuff I done did, you probably wouldn't even watch this broadcast no more. You say, oh, I, I didn't know you was like that. I'm out. 
So you know, I, I'm I'm standing on the grace of God, my own self. But what I'm saying is that once the grace of God was applied, it was now designed for me to act right. It's now not tried for me to do better and to lean into the holiness of God, which the Bible said, no man can see the Lord. Now, I know we like to throw around, turn, go, he holy and endow this and that. And it doesn't take all that and blah, 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 blah. I'm not talking about, you know, just adjusting your hemline. I'm not talking fellas that you know that you kind of wear shirts that don't just basically in case your body so you can go walk around and you look strong. Even I will say I do wear a little bit tighter shirts now because I'm slimmer. Just saying. But at the end of the day, it, I'm not I'm not throwing I'm not saying that's it. That's the key to holiness. Even though some of you ladies I will say that, you know, might make one little adjustment, but we'll stop it right there. It's not it. That's not holiness is about how you conduct yourself amongst the populace. Do you are you nasty? You have a little nasty personality to yourself. Are you quick to put somebody in their place, tell them off? You 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 immediately if something jumps off, oh, oh, oh no, he ain't he ain't say that to me. Oh girl, I'm gonna tune him up. Or are you like, oh, he said it like that? Oh yo, bro, you can't come up on me like that. I'm not gonna let no dude roll up on me like that. And you had to get right to it, bro. That's what I'm talking about. See, holiness stops you from doing that. Now, it's all right to check someone if they're out of order. It's all right to, to speak to someone and tell them, hey, this is not acceptable with me. No problem with that. None at all. But I'm talking about, do you ever stop to smile at somebody or give someone an encouraging word? Or if something's going on to say, okay, this they're throwing off on somebody. I'm not going to get into that gossip. I'm not going to laugh with them. I'm not going to pull along. So I'm going to step back and leave that alone. See, that's what holiness is about. Holiness is about the everyday, minute-by-minute minute application of the Word of God in your life by the power of the Spirit of God. See, because we can't do it. We can't do it. But what we can do is we can, the, the popular term now in Clubhouse and, and some other modern uh, speech is jargon, is we lean into it. We lean into the 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 the, the concept of I'm going to at least make an effort <laughs> to do better. Because here, here's the beautiful thing about God. See, God, unlike us, he does not wait to reward us for the accomplished task. I heard someone quote a scripture uh, this morning. He said that Abraham <laughs> believed God, and God counted that belief as righteousness. Abraham hadn't done anything. He hadn't done anything out of the ordinary, all he did was he believed God and took God at his word. So to understand what I'm saying about we're supposed to do better in terms of holiness, it's more about not so much us not doing this or doing that. It's really more about saying, okay, let me, let me focus on God and let me strive, make an effort to think about and taking small steps towards doing what God has asked me to do, even though I'm not necessarily on board 100%. See, because what God is looking, is he looking at, he's not looking at, I'm going to borrow again from a motivational uh, video I heard. It's not about the perfection, but it's about the persistence. You remember when, when, when God, when, when Mari Yahashua HaMashiach gave the example of the woman who was a widow and she was seeking some justice. He said that this woman went to a judge and she constantly went back to the judge saying, hey, I want some 
recompense for what happened to me. The judge said, though I don't fear God, no man. <laughs> I'm going to grant this lady her request unless she continually worry me. Now, God is not worried by our continual request. That example was saying that God is looking for us to be persistent on that thing. You got something that's troubling, you got to keep on coming back. You ask God, hey, oh, nope, I don't see it yet. I, I still need some help here. I, I, God, I need you. God, I got this, I got this problem. I got this habit. And you know, I had it kind of under control before, but oh, it's back on me again. God, I'm about to cuss them out. <laughs> so help me to to put a hand over my mouth. Cause this this so-and-so done got me going to run. I'm about to cuss them out. <laughs> and even if a couple of little words come out, and you go, oh doggone, I shouldn't have said that. The bottom line is, is you're making the effort. <laughs> See, a lot of us not making no effort. We're just going, oh, you know, God knows my heart. And, you know, he going to forgive me and God loves me. Yes, he loves us. But one, one thing God is, is, is not going to do, he's not going to bless you and I mess. That, he's not signed up for that. And at some point, if we keep acting the fool, if we keep doing things that are inappropriate, if we keep thumbing our nose against the commandments of Yahweh, eventually what's going to happen is we're going to have to pay a, a consequence, a penalty for our misbehavior. Now, the good news is that I have found, like David, that he said that the Lord has not punished him according to his deeds. Because if we were punished according to the way we act, we'd all be in trouble. So I'm just telling you guys, it's time to really kind of man up. It's really, we got to quit, you know, having all these different excuses on why we can't do what the Lord wants us to do. If there's a problem, we need to tell the Lord. And say, Lord, I'm trying to do this, but I'm having difficulties. And just keep going back. Hashtag push. Pray until something happens. Just keep going back. But we can't just tap out and let the world steamroll us right now. Because that's what's happening. It's happened to me. The, the world is talking so loud and shouting so much in every arena that's kind of caused us to shrink back. And now we're just like, well, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, we do know. That some a lot of stuff that's going on right now is sinful. A lot of stuff that's going on right now is against the word of God. And we as believers have to be plain that, hey, although I don't hate you personally, what you're doing is incorrect. It's the same way if we saw someone, like you in a car with somebody, and I know we, you know, people don't like backseat drivers, but if you're in a car with somebody and they're speeding and you're going through a lot of twisty turns that the person, they don't know about the turns, but you know because you're familiar with the road, you... If you got any sense at all for both their benefit and yours, you can tell them, hey, man, you need to slow down because this, these curves here are real tight and difficult. So I advise you to slow down. Or say if you're not in the car, if you're not in the car at all, and the person says, I'm taking this back road home, and, man, I'm going to try out my, I got this Mustang, I'm going to try it out. You, you, as a friend, you just say, bro, that road is windy and twisty. There's been a bunch of accidents. Don't do it. Now, if they go out and do something on their own and get into a wreck, that's their problem. But you are supposed to warn them because you're their friend. You say you love them. And sometimes we think love means, oh, I'm going to go along with everything. No, no. Our parents love this to death. We, they beat our behinds. A good friend is, is actually like they, they serve oftentimes an accountability partner. They will tell you why, because they love you. They don't want you to run off the rails. They say, hey, Whatever you're thinking here now is no good. <laughs> That's as real as real. It's no good. I can't do it. Or you shouldn't do it. 
And there's a way to do it gently. You don't you don't lambast them because Paul said, hey, that if you find another, if you catch another brother in the fault, not through gospel hearsay, if you see him doing something, it's that's a personal thing between you and him. You don't get on the phone and say, ooh, ooh, man, bro. You know what so-and-so did, man? It's all the, I can't believe it, man. What's the brother thinking? Nope. You go to them personally and say, hey, man, um, I see you kind of in a situation. Uh, let me see if I can come alongside you and help you, or maybe you should do X, Y, and Z to help them out. But um, you still need to tell them. Because if we don't tell them, then we're really not doing them right, to be very candid with you. We're not doing right. We're not really a true friend. What we become is, like I said, an enabler. I don't know about you, but I've done a lot of that lately, unfortunately. Become an able. You never tell the person, you never tell them anything's wrong, everything's right. They do. No, we none of us roll like that. You know, sometimes we're doing something wrong. And a true friend needs to tell you, hey, this is wrong. Like I said, the Lord will give you the words on how to say it, but we still need to say it. And that's what's going on right now in this world as believers. We need to tell the believers, we need to tell the world, hey, this situation that you're involved in is wrong. It's not right. You might be my friend. I might like you. I might, you know, think the world of you. But at the end of the day, what you're doing is not right. And we have to learn how to stand up for what is right. And be clear that we're not hating anyone else, but we are, in fact, disliking intensely the activities that they are participating in. Why? Because that's what God said. God doesn't hate anybody. Just I read the other day, said the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. But he's patient towards us all so that no one would perish. He don't want anybody to go to hell because he knows what hell's about. He wants everybody to go to heaven. But if we refuse, after many, many warnings, I'm just telling you, consequences can be paid. I'm a living witness. There's some things, you know, I probably shouldn't have done and keep on doing them after a while and it's going to mess you up. I tell you real quickly before I go, I see it all the time when I eat. I love to eat. Especially good food. I like sweets. But I found out something. Especially now since I had the operation. If I eat too much sweets, especially at night, the next day I'm going to spend a lot of time in a little small room. <laughs> and you say, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is, is I may not be in any pain, but it eats up time. Sometimes I could be in there for half an hour. <laughs> well, that's telling me what? Not to not eat the sweets at all, but hey, man, take it easy, bro. Maybe a little pinch, a little smidgen. But if you if you just continue to run wild, um, consequences will be had. But the good news is, at any point in time, if you decide to do like the prodigal son did, if you come to yourself, bam, the father is willing and ready to forgive you, really on the spot. Now, I don't know about you, but that's 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 pretty darn good. Well, listen, guys, we got to go. Again, we thank God so much for uh, being back on the air, the audible air on WIGO fifteen seventy. Let me get it straight. We have a new moniker now. We are now called the legendary WIGO Pace Setter, 1570 AM. Our new owner is the lovely Miss Sheila A. Brown, a very accomplished and talented woman. Uh, she is an author. Uh, she's won multiple awards for her business savvy, and she's bringing that to Atlanta. And we're excited. We're going to be a part of it because I'm telling you right now, Atlanta is about to be on and popping right here in WIGO 1570. And again, also, guys, remember, I do sports. So if you want to get sports from a different perspective, I share uh, the stage, so to speak, with two great people, the queen, Ms. Tree Dolman, uh, an accomplished model, a beauty queen, 
and also a champion, Tyrone Poole, two-time Super Bowl champion with the Patriots over a decade in the NFL. Both of them born-again born believers, both of them strong personalities in operating in the kingdom as well. So you can check us out right here, ironically, on WIGO 1570, 8 p.m. every Tuesday uh, evening. Well, again, guys, before I get off the air, I always ask you, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior? If you do not, please, man, please, sir, get to know him today. Nobody like Jesus. Nobody loves you like him. Not your auntie, not your bae, not your boo, not your BFF. Why? Because he loves you. He died on the cross for you. But the good news is he rose from the dead. And when he did, he had this wonderful gift in his hand called salvation. What that means to you is that when you confess your sins and believe that Jesus Christ came on the earth, died for your sins and rose from the dead, bam, something happens. Two great things. Number one, you become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And number two, you become an adoptive child of God with all the right steering. That means that you now can go to God no longer just as the creator of the universe, but as your father. Ask him for anything that you need or desire, and according to his will, he'll grant it to you. And if and when you die, you go to that wonderful place called heaven, where there's no pain, no pandemic, no bad people anywhere. It's sunny, it's bright, you never die, never get old, and you get to see Jesus Christ face to face. And you avoid that nasty place called hell, where all the things are in heaven are not in hell. So it's bad, stinky, bad people everywhere, and you're cut off from Jesus Christ, God the Father, and all the people that you love forever and a day. I don't know about you, but I like option number one instead of option number two. All right, big shout out and blessings to the man behind the glass. The minister, call Eli Smith. Check him out. He's on every morning bringing you some great gospel hits again on WIGO 1570. And we appreciate all those of you who tune into the broadcast. Until the next time, until the next time, until the next time, God bless you and have a wonderful, spectacular rest of your day or evening, whichever may apply. So long now.